0: Hey everybody, no new episode this week, but we will have a bonus size extra stuffed two hour special we're covering next week. Instead of a new episode, we are going to give you a peek behind the Patreon doors and we're going to show you the first episode of our Magic Kaido special podcast series where we take a look at the Magic Kaito series. We put out one of these each month, so I hope you enjoy this look. If you're not a Patreon subscriber, and if you are a Patreon subscriber, uh, thank you for the support. Either way, uh, enjoy it. There's a lot to like here. If you want more, you know where to find it. Thanks. Hello and welcome to Case Reopen's coverage of Magic Kaito. The uh, Kaito cast, if you will, I'm very excited to talk about Magic Kaito, Colleen. I know you're a big fan. Oh yes, of Kaito Kid.
1: Who isn't though?
0: And well, it seems like all the ladies love him.
1: <laughs> I can't argue with that. But every, I think everyone loves him except for Kyle. Maybe I don't think he was a big fan of his. <laughs> the last time we talked about Kaito Kid. Yeah,
0: he's just a hater though. <laughs> but Colleen, I wanna. Before we cut today on the initial episode of the Kaito Cast, we will be covering the first Magic Kaito TV special, which is the Revived Phantom Thief. This originally aired April 17th, 2010. And there's actually a series of anime specials, and then later on there was actual TV series, and of course there's the manga that it's all based upon. And for those that don't know, Kaito wasn't a character born from Detective Conan. He was in his own series at first, and then... After, you know, Conan caught on fire, Get old Gosho wasn't doing too much Magikaito, so he threw him
1: mm. into
0: the Conan universe so he could wow more women and dazzle them like Colleen. <laughs> and so his evil plan worked.
1: I think he fits into the Conan universe, though. So it's, it was a happy accident. <laughs>
0: Yeah, he definitely fits in really great. And I feel like that's the way both of us were introduced, uh, to Magic Kaito, or into Kaito Kid. I know I was. I, I had never read the manga. I read a bit of the manga, like, far after I'd started watching the anime, uh, of Detective Conan. I've actually never seen any of the Kaito Kid anime, so this is all new to me, which is fun. But, how'd you find out about Kaito Kid? Was it through the, uh, detective canon anime
1: definitely um so other than his like representation up till now and a few i've seen a few more of the ovas and movies or than, than what we've covered on the podcast but uh, other than that i have zero experience with just the pure magic kaito stuff like i've read the synopsis for the manga i kind of understand his um own story like the lore but uh definitely a newbie in uh in this respect
0: yeah and back when i read the uh, magic kaito manga and the reason i didn't like catch up with it was because the fan translation was like super low quality and oh, the, no it wasn't it wasn't scans it was like photos of the it was just oh, really yes. terrible stuff is it
1: <laughs> so these are the ones where it's like super hard to read it in one go you have to like zoom into one part of it and then like scroll over and zoom into that part anyways yeah
0: Yeah, it was really bad i'm (laughs) sure there's good ones now obviously Mm -hmm. but back then it was i was like oh my god i'm not gonna (laughs) suffer through this i'm like i really like kaido but i'm not going through this
1: yeah well it's had a pretty irregular release as well like didn't it start i think it started like 87 and then uh it gets, like, occasionally released. Like, there was another volume in 94, and then one in 2007. I think maybe one in 2017. Yeah, it's
0: hilarious. <laughs> he just he just does, like, a chapter every, like... Eh, like, every two years he'll be like, eh, I guess I'll put a chapter out. Yeah,
1: and people say Hunter Hunter's on hi- hiatus.
0: Yeah, so I don't think... Magic Kaido... You know, people get worried that Detective is gonna never end. I don't think Magic <laughs> Kaido is gonna get his finale with a... The organization he's going up against.
1: Right. Hopefully, um uh, Goshoyama actually makes those universes converge a little bit more. It would be really nice if or nice. Cool if uh the organization that Kaido is going up against is the same as the one that Conan is, but uh as we've talked about before, I don't think that's the case.
0: Yeah, although there is one sequence where I'm pretty sure Keita kid gives up against the black organization. Oh, and it's a yes. very it's a very happen. later, later manga kiss. Okay, that we'll cover in I don't know a decade or something.
1: <laughs> oh, <laughs> gee, I have that to look forward to. I'm gonna forget by then.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's a lot to a lot to look forward to. And so now that we both have laid bare or knowledge of magic, kaita, or lack thereof. <laughs> yeah basically let's get through the uh, television special the revived phantom thief and this is uh, an adaptation of the very first chapter of the manga they managed to stretch out a whole chapter 24 minutes but i didn't really feel like there was too much padding or anything i thought this was a really snappy quick episode
1: yeah it was super fast paced and that's probably one of my criticisms um but uh, we'll get to that later
0: so the special opens with a uh, crime in progress here. We see a Kaito Kid, but he's wearing a mask, which uh, isn't a, the usual look for you, Colleen. Were you disappointed that you didn't get to see his good looks here? <laughs> his
1: gorgeous face. Yeah, I was like, what's going on here?
0: So he grabs a diamond, and that's when we see Inspector Ginzo Nakamori there, and he has a whole squad of policemen with him. And Nakamori tells Kid that he's been waiting eight years for this moment and that he will finally arrest him. However, Kid throws a smoke bomb and runs off, while Nakamori tells his crew to run after him. We then see Nakamori run to the control room, directing his team via surveillance cameras and radio. However, Kid has an earpiece in as well, and he's seen vanishing into thin air. We see his he just disappears, Colleen. What do you think about his magic tricks?
1: I mean, that's pretty standard stuff for Kaido Kid. Um, I guess I was still, like, trying to take all of that in, like, the first few minutes of this, because I had to, like, double check if I was watching the right thing, because it's just so, like, the animation style is so uh, much newer than where we are at with Detective Conan. I was like, is this the right one? But I guess since it's from 2010, then it's, you know, legitimately (laughs) going to be looking newer than uh, Detective Conan from the 90s. (laughs)
0: Yeah, we've skipped a whole decade plus into uh, a much, much better quality. Nakamori runs back to look above, and he sees a ceiling tile ajar, and he sends the police up into it, however, once they all exit via the ceiling, Kid appears from behind a piece of wallpaper that is the same color as the hallway. This was quite the tricky thing. It reminded me of the Mission Impossible thing I was talking about. (laughs) Right. I don't I don't remember when I talked about it, I just remember referencing it. But this was like the same idea where he was tricking people into thinking, you know, that was the wall, but he was just standing there like a cool guy.
1: Isn't there a wall thing in Naruto as well? Probably. Oh okay. That
0: sounds like that sounds correct. <laughs> Nakamori knew the tile was misdirection and he tells Kid that he'll never fall for such a simple trick. That's when Kid comes flying towards Nakamori and his body is gone. So we just see his head floating at this guy. It's really quite the visual.
1: Yeah, um, well, because <laughs> he still has that mask on, right? It's kind of like the, uh, what's the, what's the guy's name? That character, uh, the Night Baron.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely. I wonder if that's, like, a popular mask in Japanese culture, because I've definitely seen other masks like that in other anime. I think it was Black Bullet had a character that had the same type of mask. So I wonder if that's just, uh... A... A cultural thing that I'm missing.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, I'm not sure if it's exactly the same, but it does also appear to be similar to, um, the theater mask, you know, like the, I guess it would be joy or humor or comedy or whatever that one represents.
0: Yeah, it's definitely very similar to that. Kid then bursts through the window and he flies into the air where we see a swarm of photographers taking photos of him.
1: But they can't see his gorgeous face.
0: No, they can't. They just see a mask, and they're like, where's his body at? That's the big mystery, Colin. Where's the body
1: I feel like we, uh, <laughs> we don't get to ask that question too often with Detective Conan.
0: Yeah, we almost always find the body. That's right. We then see news coverage of the heist, and it says that kid is back after an eight-year absence, and that the jewel he stole was worth 300 million yen. Kids are excitedly talking about the thief at school, and that's when we're introduced to our protagonist, Kaito Kuroba, and we also meet Nakamori's daughter, Aoko. Kaito tells Ayoko, good morning and slowly asks, what is today's color? While his head's going around in 360 degrees, it's like this man doesn't have a neck, Colleen. It was like, out of the exorcist.
1: Yeah, um, <laughs> I mean, given what he's about to do? Like, I'm already sensing some sort of high school hijinks kind of stuff happening.
0: And you know, we like our relatable moments on the podcast. Oh, do we? So, <laughs> what is today's Oh, about?
1: I thought you were legitimately gonna ask me, have you ever been in a situation when a guy's head turned 360 degrees?
0: Well, that's a, that's an even better question, and it turns out that the head was actually a prosthetic and a dummy of Kaito's, and so Kaito is actually upside down and looking at a- Ayoko's panties underneath her desk. And Kaito excitedly yells out that it's white, which is nice and very
1: pure. <laughs> well, at least there's that. Uh, can't I guess the same can't be said for him.
0: What do you think about Kaito Kid being revealed to be just a perv? Who is he? I think... Yaiba?
1: <laughs> or Shinichi? I think Oyama just has a thing about lifting girls' skirts.
0: Especially in high school. Yeah.
1: In high school. And that's like how he introduces all of his protagonists.
0: Ayoko says, Anata, meaning why you? And that's when Kaito tells her not to call him Anata, as in dear, as people might think that they're lovers. This infuriates Ayoko, who throws her desk at him and then swings a mop at Kaito, screaming that she's not his girlfriend. And I really felt bad for the teacher here. (laughs) And they're just like...
1: (sighs) You know you're getting old when you sympathize with the teacher or the adult characters in anime
0: yeah so she immediately calls on kaito to solve this very complicated math problem and he i love this part because he just he, in the middle of school he takes out a gun and he just shoots a card at her and then he spouts off uh these like the accurate uh the solution to the problem yeah you ever whip out a gun in school
1: can't say that i have no
0: he then yells out they're just panties <laughs>
1: How many times have you yelled that out? There's the relatable moment.
0: This was actually the first time.
1: Well, that's a monumental moment then.
0: The teacher then asks Ayoko a question, which she also answers correctly. Kaite is forced up into the corner of the ceiling. He's kind of like being a ninja as he's stretched out in the on the upper corner of the ceiling. Like it's so funny.
1: It, this whole classroom sequence like tells us so much about coroba's character too like i don't know i thought it was well done in that uh, in that way just because okay we get that he's a bit of a prankster and he's also like a genius so um and i mean we get to learn a lot about ioko too
0: and a sexual deviant don't leave that part out
1: oh yeah that's right that's the most important part
0: he tells Ayaka that it's her fault for falling for his magic, although he doesn't blame her since nobody can see through it. She then tells Kaito that he isn't great, and he can't beat Kaito Kid, who I'm sure has no relation.
1: Yeah, I've often thought about how nobody suspects... At least, like, okay, I've often thought about the name, how his, like, surname is Kaito. Nobody's ever made that correlation. And then now he even has a gun, that is exactly what Kaido Kid carries. So I hope that um, down the line in this series, they maybe address that and say, like, I don't know, Koroba is like a big fan of Kaido Kid. So he has like a, a replica gun that shoots cards. Because to me, like, I would obviously be like, um, are you by any chance Kaido Kid?
0: Yeah. And we know that his dad came up with the name uh, due to later. So can we just talk about what how bad he is at naming like, I guess, <laughs> oh, man, that's just so, like, why would you t- make it your own last name? Like, ooh, I added a U. Nobody will ever be able to tell.
1: <laughs> well, to be fair, I guess Kaido means Phantom Thief, so I don't know. if, Unless he purposely changed his last name, and then with the thought of eventually. But the fact
0: it... that he, like, went with a pun that's very similar to his own name. It's like... Yeah.
1: Although, can, on. should we blame Kuroba's dad or... Because isn't this like a um, multi-generational thing?
0: I think it started with his dad.
1: Oh, did it? Okay, I thought it was a grandfather I believe. for some reason.
0: Uh, maybe. Uh, let's look it up real quick.
1: Yes, but that doesn't excuse the fact that he still called his um, alias something similar to what his actual last name is, at least. You know, maybe it's... Um, uh, An... Actually, this is like a pure theory because I actually did not look into it. It's the way that Kaito is written versus the way Kaito in Kaito Kid is written. Because you know how sometimes in Japanese they'll say that the explanation is like, oh, it's the different kanji.
0: <laughs> yeah, but it's still pronounced the same way. It's still, it's still way too close. Okay. And uh, it did start with his dad.
1: Thanks so, for checking Score that.
0: one for the fellas. We need to
1: make sure we have the facts on this cast.
0: So she says that he uh, can't be Kaito Kid, and this causes Kaito to laugh, and then he just falls to the floor, face first. However, it's actually a kid with glasses, and he has this Kaito mask on. I love that he just carries these masks of himself, and he puts them on random people.
1: Oh, it's fantastic. Because we've seen uh, him do the opposite, like put on other people's faces, or masks of other people's faces, but I have yet... uh, well, this was my first time seeing him apply a face to somebody else.
0: Kaito then appears across the room and says that he's going to catch the thief and that he's actually a Martian. I did not expect him to be an alien.
1: <laughs> well, that certainly answers a lot of things.
0: We then see this huge alien creature that appears outside the window and Kaito leaps out of the window onto it. However, Ayaka says that he won't get away, and she follows suit. She winds up bursting the balloon that Kaito is grabbing onto, and he then uses a remote control to activate a crane that slowly lowers them to the ground as she yells out his name. So what do you think about this whole introduction scene? It was a lot. <laughs> it
1: definitely was a lot to take in. Um, like I said, we learned a lot about the two characters, so I think that that um, did its job, this scene. Whether, like, the overall enjoyability, it was so, like, left field, so, like, so many hijinks, like, just random things that I couldn't help but, like, (laughs) I was sort of, like, wide-eyed and didn't really know how to take it in. I think I enjoyed it for the most part, but it was almost like, this is, like, purely translated from, like, a gag manga type of thing. That's kind of where I where my feelings are at.
0: After school, Kaito and Aoko are walking home together. Aoko says that Kaito is lucky that he didn't get expelled. And Kaito says he needs to work on his finale. We then see a small kid trip and fall. And he starts to cry, but Kaito actually comforts him. He does a magic trick that reveals this little cow toy that Kaito calls Mumu-chan.
1: Aww. The, the softer side of Kuroba
0: yeah, we see Aoka, she uh, smiles at the exchange, and Kaito's like, what's the- what? And she she doesn't really say much, but she seems appreciative. and She's probably thinking, he'll be such a good father one day.
1: <laughs> you think that's what she was thinking?
0: Well, apparently all women want to bear his children, if you're anything to go off of.
1: Um, I mean, you're not wrong.
0: Kaito gets home, and we see a photo of his mother and father. It was a magician named Toichi. He then chats with his mother, Chikage, via webcam, who's in Vegas.
1: I didn't know that he had a mom. (laughs) Like, I mean, I didn't know that she was still in the picture.
0: Yeah, I always thought she was dead. Okay.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So you were just probably, you were likely as surprised as I was to see that exchange with her.
0: Yeah, I was like, whoa, he has a mom and she's just hanging out in Las Vegas, not caring about her kid. I
1: know. She She's almost like um, Shinichi's parents.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's definitely another parallel he has. So Shikage says that she's seen three magic shows already, and Kaito says that she's spending dad's income like running water.
1: She's looking for a new husband.
0: For real. She mentions that she bumped into one of his father's friends and that she is going to accompany her. Shikage then tells her son that she knows he'll be busy these days, but she doesn't explain what she means when he asks about it. And she then begins to talk about Ayoko when he hangs up on her. I like how he just hung up on his mom. What a cool guy.
1: <laughs> Again, that parallel relationship. Shinichi and his mom likely do the same thing.
0: Yeah, they're pretty much the same character. Except only one of them is afraid of fish. Well,
1: yeah, not to mention they look the same. I don't know. I guess we'll find out if Kuroba's is tone deaf.
0: Yeah, we'll figure that out. Kaito then remembers that Ayoko said that he can't beat Kaito Kid. And he says the only magician he can't be is the one right in front of him as he looks at a poster of his father.
1: <laughs> nothing like a life-size poster of, well, it flips over later, but nothing like a life-size poster in your room to give off who you're, or like, to give away your secret identity.
0: Well, nobody can see the other side.
1: Yeah, not yet
0: then treated to a flashback of Kaito Naoko watching his father perform. Later on, Toichi apparently took his son to a, a gambling den, and he's telling Kaito about what a poker face is, and he says that if a trick fails, a magician must not bring that to the audience's attention. He then lays down a hand with four aces and a jack in it. Kaito says that what he needs to work on isn't actually his finale, but rather his poker face. Kaito then places his hand on the poster of his father, which uh, also has a poster of Kaito Kid on the opposite side, as you were uh, referring to earlier. And he kind of just falls through the rotating piece of wall into a secret room. Now, they explain this away um, in a couple seconds, but I thought, like, at first I was like, wow, he never put his hand here for all these years.
1: (laughs) Right? No, same. And, again, just the fact that it's Kaito Kid on the other side. Like I don't know if this is hubris talking, but uh, Tucci really, uh, <laughs> Tuichi really thought a lot of himself. It's also
0: really inconvenient for it to like display when he's in his room because he's like trying to hide. Like think about the optics. If somebody came in there and he's hidden away, they see this giant poster of a criminal. They'd be like, "Well, this is fishy."
1: Yeah. So
0: he didn't really think it would be
1: better. Yeah, it's too bad that it didn't flip to his dad, because at least then it kind of looks like, okay, he whatever honors or admires his father so much. He has a life size poster in his room rather than, oh, look, he loves this phantom thief.
0: While shopping, Ioka gets a text from Shikage who tells Ioka about her son's weakness, although we don't get to see it. So that's that's left for later. And Naoko is delighted at the news, and she proudly holds up her phone while yelling, Kaito's weakness, get!" Just <laughs> like a Legend of Zelda pose.
1: <laughs> I'm I'm awfully surprised that she didn't already know this. Obviously, she doesn't know uh, Koroba as well as Ron knows Shinichi, for instance.
0: Meanwhile, Kaito is shocked to be in a secret room, and then hears the voice of his father coming from a cassette tape. Kaito mentions that an eight-year-old Locke must have disengaged letting him in. And this appears to be his dad's final magic trick. His father tries to tell his son that he was Kaito Kid, but the tape is damaged, so it's going in and out. And Kaito eventually ejects it, and that's when the Kid Costume appears. <laughs> I like how he still doesn't put it together that his dad was Kaito Kid. He's like, "Huh, what's this?"
1: <laughs> Were you getting uh, serious uh, Bat Cave vibes?
0: It's pretty cool. Yeah, there's also like a car in there. Yeah. I didn't know where that leads to. It didn't seem like there was an exit. There must be a way to get that car out.
1: <laughs> I guess we'll find out in the next episode, hopefully.
0: Kaito looks inside the white top hat that appears, and it explodes with confetti, and we see his signature monocle pop out of it. So we're all set, Colleen. There's about to be a second Kaito kid.
1: Oh, yeah, and he's going to go after the first one from the first two minutes of the episode. Has to reclaim his title.
0: So were you surprised as to who the first Kaido Kid was? Uh,
1: you mean... Like in the episode? In the episode? Um, no. (laughs) I mean, the guy... uh, I don't know how secretive we want to be at this point, but the flashback sort of reminded me that, oh, it would probably be this character.
0: The scene then switches to Nakamori, giving a meeting to his team. He says that Kaido Kid's trademarks are his cape and silk hat. He says kid suddenly vanished eight years ago and suddenly appeared yesterday. He's not sure what happened, but he will capture him. Oka then walks in with her her father's clothes, and they learn on television that a manifesto from Ked was sent to news agencies. It reads, tomorrow at 23.54. What a specific time. Yeah,
1: not 23.55, but just a minute ahead.
0: (laughs) I will take the moon's pupil located inside the Tokyo City Museum. Nakamori says he'll be celebrating kids' capture tomorrow, and he begins to laugh. The police are all staked out at the museum, and they're guarding the jewel. Kaito watches television coverage of the upcoming heist, and he remembers that his dad also died during a performance eight years ago. And he's like, huh, eight years ago. That's when he last appeared. My dad died. Oh, my God.
1: (laughs) Thankfully, this math genius is putting this together.
0: Yeah, uh, apparently his dad died in some big explosion and Kaito's like, well, I guess I'm going to meet Kid and learn the truth about all of this. So he puts on the full outfit and he declares that he'll expose his father's last magic trick. The clock then hits 2354 and we see the Kid with the mask on kill the building's power with two security guards tied up. Nakamori has them turn on the emergency lights as glass shatters and a policeman has the jewel in his hands. That turns out to be a disguise by Kid, who then uses a smoke bomb to run off. He runs up a long stairwell into a hallway, and they see another open tile at the end of it. So, did you think they would get fooled again, Colleen, by the same trick? <laughs>
1: um, yeah, I w- I want to give them a little bit more credit, but yeah, the the generic uh the generic guys don't seem that great. <laughs>
0: Well, Nakamori tells him not to get fooled, and that kid's actually right in front of them. And so all the policemen just charge straight ahead into the wall, and they all get knocked out. And kid pops up from above, and he he starts laughing. He's like, see ya, suckers?
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: That's when kid breaks through the window, and he jumps out of the 50th floor and flies through the air. What'd you think about him being able to fly, Colleen? This is before the glider.
1: Yeah, well, it was nice. (laughs) Uh... (laughs) I don't know. I didn't. I don't know if I thought much of it. <laughs>
0: you didn't think, like, oh, this must be a trick?
1: Um. Yeah, I mean, with the way that the episode had introduced him, I figured that he was gonna, like, it's gonna be a callback to earlier in the episode.
0: Nakamori tells his team to follow Kid by car and to corner him from all angles kid eventually lands, and he's tackled by the police force, but it's actually a dummy balloon that bursts. We see a bunch of confetti come out, which is really funny. The actual kid then reaches the top of the building, and he's shocked to see Kaito there in full gear, and even he's wearing a mask. So I guess yeah. maybe the mask was a thing, because Kaito had one too.
1: Yeah, I think we'd have to go back to the, the manga to see if he uh, he started out wearing masks, and then it just eventually faded away.
0: Kaito says Kid's trick was antiquated, and that he's selling the name of the Phantom Thief. So we got some beef here between uh, magicians here,
1: <laughs> right? Like we didn't, ha- we don't get enough of that in uh, that Magic Lovers episode of Detective Conan.
0: Kid then asks Kaito if he can see through his. Uh, Kid then asks Kaito if he can see through this magic, and his body disappears. Kaito is initially startled, but he remembers his father's advice about keeping a poker face. Kid then starts to laugh and calls the trick amateur. Kid charges at Kaito, but hits a dummy in a well-placed card that was shot. Hits Kid's mask and breaks it apart. We see Kid's face, and it's actually an old man who's wearing a mirror around his entire body to look invisible.
1: Which I didn't think was possible.
0: Do you think that would work? Does not like, would you be invisible if you have a mirror? I think you'd just look like a mirror. A mirror's not invisible, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. You know? I don't think, this doesn't make any sense to me.
1: (laughs) Like, the mirror would have to be, like...
0: Like, you just reflect stuff.
1: Yeah, so... (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to articulate how I understood this. Like, the mirror has to be thin enough to be, like, a cloak-like material. Obviously, it can't be, like, any old mirror. But, so you would... Yeah, you're right, though, because if if was looking at him he'd just see himself like he wouldn't he yeah. wouldn't blend into the surroundings yeah
0: if Ugh. anything it makes you stick out more <laughs> hey that's me
1: yeah that that was definitely something <laughs> it, it stuck out in the episode itself too i was just like what did i read that correctly i had to actually like go back and make sure that i yeah <laughs> i uh, had seen the subtitles
0: Nakamura determines Kit is still inside and must be on the roof, but it's impossible to see with the cameras. He then orders helicopters to fly up so they can illuminate the rooftop. We then see the old man mistake Kaito for his father, and he says that he's his faithful servant, G, who has missed him greatly. He's like, Certainly you haven't miss- haven't forgotten what I look like after just eight years, have you?
1: <laughs> I mean, he, uh... It probably didn't matter did? To- Never mind. I'm not gonna say anything.
0: <laughs> G says he thought Toichi was murdered eight years ago and that he grew increasingly angry over time. That's why he decided to don the costume of Toichi's alter ego, Kaito Kid, in order to lure out his in order to lure out his killer.
1: Yeah, but eight years later.
0: Well, he got mad over time. At first <laughs> you know, when somebody first kills somebody, you're like, eh. But then five years later you're like eh. <laughs>
1: Maybe he uh, put all of his faith in the police department and they just failed him. So he took justice into his own hands.
0: So what do you think about uh, Kaito's kid's father being the original Kaito kid? Because they don't really go into that a ton in the Detective Conan series. Do you think that's an interesting uh, backdrop uh, for the character?
1: I do. I really appreciate that trope of sort of like... Something that gets passed down through the generation, generations, and the it's like a lineage of, you know, they're doing the same thing that uh, their ancestor did. I mean, in this case, it's just the dad. Like I thought, it actually went further in uh, in the family tree. So I, I mean, yeah, he's I think not it's not Lupin. The third. <laughs> That's that right.
0: Would be three generations.
1: Yeah. So I, I like it. I think it's cool.
0: Kat kind is of shocked to hear that his father was killed, and he asks who did it. Which is when G realizes that it's actually Toichi's son. G confirms to Kaito that his father was a thief, and he apologizes to Toichi as he wasn't supposed to tell his son a secret. The police then draw close, and Kaito tells G to get out of here as he will distract them, and that he's no longer the young master, but Kaito Kid. The police chase after Kaito, and they corner him at the rooftop's edge, and that's when Kaito does like a trust fall off of it. Which is very stylish. You gotta admit, like this guy does not mess around when it comes to just like acting as confident as possible.
1: Oh yeah, and that's probably why people admire him so much. I think at least, like the trust fall is just uh, cool in general, in in whatever anime.
0: So he uses a remote control to activate something, and that's when we see him float into the air and then explode. Colleen was probably like, oh no, he's dead, we'll never see him again.
1: Yeah, just like uh, in the third movie.
0: A helicopter then explains that he used the crane to lift his outfit into the air and that he detonated a dummy. And that's when we see Kaito climb down the side of the building and run off. I do like how he was getting on the other Kaito kid for like, oh, you went down and uh, you pretended to go down and went up. That's so antiquated. <laughs> but he just did the like exact same thing but opposite. Yours wasn't that much different, buddy.
1: It's actually so hilarious to see uh, all the tricks, like the kind of behind the scenes of the tricks in this episode.
0: Yeah, and I hope that's something the series does more going forward because on, you know, Conan... He's trying to see through it, but we don't really see, like, what went into all the tricks. So I really hope that we get more of that in this series of just how the magic's done. Because I think that's really fun. The next day, the news is covering the moon's pupil being stolen. And Kaito is looking at the jewel while relaxing. That's when Ioko comes near him and she says, Let me show you something great. This is your favorite. And that's when she shows him a giant salmon. Kaito screams and he drops the jewel in the fish's mouth. Kaito freaks out, and he begins shooting cards at it, which...
1: I mean, that seems effective.
0: (laughs) What does he think the cards are going to do? Like, what, you're going to give it a paper cut?
1: (laughs) An eyeball paper cut. One of my greatest fears.
0: Ayaka yells at him, and she says, Can't you see how much this fish is worth? And Kaito tells her not to faint when she hears this, and that's when he shoots his gun, and a flag pops out, and it says, Worth 400 million yen, which she's just very confused.
1: As anyone would be, I think.
0: So what do you think about him, first off, being afraid of fish, of all things, and then losing the jewel that he stole?
1: (laughs) I mean, it's kind of quirky uh, to give him a fear like that, because, you know, he's just so good at everything else, apparently, so... I don't know. It it just feels like one of those things that when you're coming up with a character, you're like, hmm, I need something quirky about this guy. Okay, we'll make him afraid of fish. Like, it just seems so random. So, I'm curious to see if there's a little bit more of a reasoning behind it. But uh, I can definitely um, anticipate that there's going to be some comedic relief coming out of that. As for loot. I'm
0: also curious how often fish come into play during the episodes.
1: Right. Uh, Because I don't. Like, this is the first time I think we've seen this phobia, um, at least based off, like based off of what we've covered in the Detective Conan universe. Like, there's no mention of him being afraid of fish, but then again, it's not from Kaido Kid's perspective. And then as for him losing the jewel, um, <laughs> I don't know if it was just me, but I was like, wouldn't he make a bigger deal of this jewel? Like, because... I mean, we don't get to see what he did with it, but uh, knowing a bit of the lore, I thought that he'd, you know, tr- want to try it out. But we don't even get that aspect. He just, like, loses the jewel, and then the next the next little snippet come, uh, happens. So I'm just... That part left me kind of wanting more.
0: Wow. Well, first off, this is, like, before he knew why the jewels were being stolen. Yeah. And wouldn't enough. it be funny if this was the jewel he needed the f- whole time? Right. And... Th-
1: he could have just ended it here.
0: Yeah, what if, what if this was actually the one? And what you're referring to is we get a scene uh, at her house later and Nakamori cuts open this, the fish and he finds the jewel inside it and he's like, what the, what? <laughs> what would you, it just seems like kids taunting him, doesn't it? It's like, here's your jewel back. I put it inside this fish somehow.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's one way to look at it. The way, What I thought was like, If I was Nakamori, I would definitely go to my daughter and ask her how this came about, if he knew that she was the one that brought the fish. Yeah. If he were a real detective, he would have done that, and then she would have said, Is that
0: what Takagi would do?
1: Absolutely. Even to a certain extent, I think Kogoro could figure that out.
0: So the episode ends with Kaito yelling out, Now the show begins, which isn't true.
1: It began like 24 minutes ago.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Uh, your episode's ending but he means like uh hey our show's gonna we did all the like the prologue Mm -hmm. stuff we're going into next time we'll be you know going back to the type of cases you expect from the series and we kind of got all the backstory out of the way here well a little bit of the backstory i still feel like there's a lot to learn why he's collecting all the jewels what happened to his father what his relationship is with the uh G, so like there's a lot more stuff to be revealed in the future, and we know from Conan that G like helps him out and like serves as, as his butler. I'm not it's sure. His Alfred. Yeah, but it's weird because it doesn't seem like he serves as like the house's butler.
1: No, okay, so let's just talk about that. Um, The whole like G calling him young master thing, I was trying to figure out okay, were the Kaito's like uber rich at one point and he had like this manservant like her. his father had the manservant like serving the family and and then like when Toichi died uh I guess Kuroba and his mom whatever had to move out like I don't think they fell from grace or like lost their money or anything like obviously Ch- Chigaki whatever her name is it has money enough to travel around but it just um that part kind of surprised me because I didn't realize that uh, Kuroba was potentially from like a wealthier family.
0: Yeah, so we'll learn more about that next time, I guess, hopefully. There's a lot of questions here, but uh, as, as a first episode, I thought they covered a lot of ground. I think they set up the whole, you know, motif of the series. Well, we now know that he's going to follow through his father's footsteps and be a thief and use his magic. It's obviously... We see a lot of admiration for his father from Kaito throughout the episode. So he's like, well, guess I'm just going to turn to a life of crime because that's what Pops did.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Um, That's probably one of my biggest critiques for this one. Um, Overall, I thought the the watchability factor was really high. I thought it was an enjoyable watch. But I was torn because um, although it was using tropes that I really love, like the father son relationship you know, being passed down the mantle, or I guess the monocle of Kaido Kid in this case. Um, Kuroba being sort of this playful prankster, but yet very skillful and intelligent. So I liked all that stuff, but the pacing was off for me. Like, it went way too fast. I would have appreciated a little bit more time for Koroba to, like, actually have it sink in that, oh, my father was... The phantom thief and like should i be doing this but he's just like okay let's just go and do it and he doesn't know why <laughs> or anything like that he doesn't have a real goal in mind at this point as you pointed out like he doesn't even know anything about yeah uh, like the jewel or anything like hopefully he's doing it to try and find out more about his father's death and not just like well like dad did it so i might as well do it too Um,
0: Yeah, and I guess, like, to an extent, we haven't really learned that he has um, fully gone onto that train yet, because it's not like he pledged to be the greatest thief ever or anything, like, from what we saw. I guess it's just knowing his character in Conan, it's like, well, he's going to keep on doing this thievery. Um, But I guess it hasn't been properly explained in Magic Kaito yet. mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, but, so I was really torn about, um, also just I guess the concept of the show in general because Kaido Kid in Detective Kona at least is you know surrounded by mystery and all of his tricks although we do at times see kind of the mechanics behind them I feel like there's still an aura of magic around them whereas in this one it's very much like well here's this shiny thing that's meant to distract you and then meanwhile I'm scaling down the building and running away down the alleyway so there's like there's like this aspect to it where it's almost like downgrading it. And I am might be exaggerating here, but I just feel like some of the magic is um, dwindled. But uh, I do appreciate that we get the story from Kuroba's perspective for once and we get to learn a little bit more about him.
0: Yeah, that's probably what I'm most interested in seeing uh, through this series is getting to see his perspective. And I do know they do some of the like, Cases that we see in Conan. I, I believe it's in this. I know it's definitely in the second series. Yeah,
1: the clock tower one.
0: Yeah, yeah. so we, we should be able to get to see some, you know, alternate perspectives, which will be really cool, <laughs> as a, especially as a companion piece. Yeah,
1: it'll be interesting to see Conan as the quote-unquote villain, or at least the antagonist.
0: Well, I'd say he's always the villain.
1: Oh, yeah, that's right.
0: Evil, co- maybe he's committing the murders, and he comes with these... Elaborate like hoaxes to blame other people.
1: He's actually the head of the black organization. Because think
0: about it, these these crazy tricks. Do you think they actually work? Probably not.
1: Right. So how does Conan know how they work? He probably came up with them. Exactly. His his uh his uh secret identity name is Cognac.
0: I know you th- thought it was a bit rushed, but overall, how do you like the episode?
1: Um. Yeah. I I hate. I guess I just wish. That I would have liked it more than I did. Don't get me wrong. Um, it was very nice to watch it. Like, I mean, I I'm still excited to watch the rest of it, and um, I understand that it's like a short series. It's what tw- twelve episodes, so they're not gonna have all this like exposition and all these like hmm. Let let's ponder about this for another ten minutes to see if I actually want to do this. Like they have to go relatively fast to get into the story. So I appreciate all of that. I just think that, um, at least for me, I'm a little bit more old school. I would have liked to have a little bit more development in that aspect of Koroba's decision making. Um, But I really liked uh, finding out about him. Ioko, at this point, I don't know how you feel about her. This was my first time Uh, Really getting to know her like all of her appearances in Detective Conan that I've seen at least have been very Like short and one-dimensional. So at this point to me, she's kind of like a inferior version of Ron and Kazuha mixed together But I I guess I just have to get to know her better and see how uh, How she goes along the rest of the series.
0: Well, you know, she wears white panties, so that means she's nice and pure, so what else is there to talk about, you know? Oh, that,
1: that's all we need to know about the female main character. She doesn't have to have a personality.
0: Exactly. Tell me the panties. Yeah, because, just think, if there's no panties, you know everything about her.
1: I guess. I, I don't know what that would mean, but... <laughs> that she's not nice and pure is that what we're getting at (laughs) yeah
0: exactly that's vulgar calling okay i thought it was a fun episode uh i do do agree that it wasn't like the strongest start but i feel like it goes through some necessary stuff we get a good taste of all the characters and i think it does a good job of setting things up i think the series specials will improve over time i think i think this was necessary stuff to get through and I think we'll learn more about his motivations in episode or the second special. So I'm not going to judge you too harshly on that. But uh, you know, you, you want some questions left after the first episode. You don't want everything to be explained.
1: Nope, uh, just explain it to me all in one go. Saves time. <laughs> so
0: there's a total of twelve of these twelve of these specials. So uh, we have we have time, and we'll we'll get to see how this whole special run uh, wraps up. Yeah. Uh, in a, in a year,
1: <laughs> don't say that.
0: <laughs> Isn't that fun? Uh,
1: I anticipate that I will love this by the end of it.
0: So we got some feedback from our fellow Patreon supporters, which uh, we really appreciate. Your
1: shout help out to them.
0: Shout out! To, we'll we'll do shout outs in a bit, Colleen. Don't get ahead of the schedule. Oh, I'm
1: sorry. We we have a, an agenda apparently.
0: Yeah. So. Medium-sized Jeffrey chimed in. <laughs> did you see that he changed his name on the Discord? I did to medium see that. that was... I really love that. That's
1: hilarious.
0: So the music is incredible, and it has like a jazzy. Uh, the theme song at the very end is very jazzy. I like that. What do you think about the music? You dig it?
1: I I dig it. He
0: says, these scenes are drawn really well with great angles. Could have done without the silly classroom scene at the start and gone right to the walking scene. Ending was pretty funny with the fish And the opening of the fish. Action and magic go together really well. And the father-son-kaitel kid lineage is good lore. Lots of love went into making this good show. So he was a fan. Uh, Lynn also chimed in. She said that she also loved the music. She knew the intro and outro were also Conan intros and outros at some point, but it just reminds you how good the Conan music is sometimes, and it was a nice throwback. Uh, she also loved Ioko's remark when she said, You put on glasses and think that's a disguise. <laughs> so that was at the very beginning when he put that, uh, his mask on that other kid who was wearing glasses so that's pretty i i didn't put that together i guess it's a kind of a dig at conan
1: oh okay (laughs) i was uh... (laughs) thinking like the clark kent effect
0: yeah so
1: but yeah it's funnier as a dig as a dig at conan
0: and uh lynn was a little bit confused at the timeline at the beginning because she didn't realize that the first heist wasn't actually done by kaido
1: yeah i don't like uh, i'm kind of with her like i didn't like it took me a second to realize okay so this is a different person like I thought that that was us being introduced to Kaido Kid like so yeah it it took a, a second to be like oh okay this is this isn't what it seems
0: it is strange that the first time you see Kaido Kid it's not actually the Kaido Kid you know yeah uh, medium sized Jeffrey also agreed with that he said the timeline was a little odd. And he's new to the show and not very familiar with Kaito, so he's enthusiastic to watch this. And then William also gave some feedback. He said he thinks Magic Kaito is going to be a lot of fun to watch. The animation is a lot easier on the eyes. And he likes to draw characters over a 3D background thing that they're doing. He's also a big fan of the Kaito Kid Cave, so <laughs> you and him are on the same level there.
1: Yeah, well, I'm definitely getting superhero vibes from Kaito Kid. More so than... Him in Detective Conan, like it's an odd, uh, odd difference, but it's kind of interesting.
0: Do you wish you had a Bat Cave? Because like the more I think about it, I kind of just I need a secret lair to myself.
1: (laughs) Um, who says I don't have a Bat Cave?
0: Oh, well, you probably shouldn't tell us. That would take out a lot of the mystery.
1: Hey, but you like these relatable moments.
0: Well, do you have a Bat Cave?
1: I, (laughs) I cannot say that.
0: So, I want to give a thank you to the Patreon supporters. See, Colleen, we have an agenda.
1: Yeah, sorry. I'm so sorry. I will never speak out of line again.
0: So, we actually have a new Patreon. Shout out to Tiffany Patterson, who joined. Welcome. Thank you for supporting the show, Tiffany. We appreciate it. I also want to give a shout out to medium sized Jeffrey, Big Chief Mason, Ryan Self, Spencer Young. Spencer actually just celebrated a birthday. Oh. I don't know if you wished him a happy birthday.
1: Happy birthday, Stephen.
0: Wow, you even gave him the wrong name on his birthday. That is cruel and unusual.
1: It's so not like me.
0: Jeez. (laughs) Happy
1: birthday, Spencer. I'll, uh... Well, actually, it's probably late to put a note in the Discord, so... You'll just have to listen to this (laughs) whenever it gets done.
0: (laughs) We'll get it later. (laughs) Yeah, shout-out to William Lee as well, so thank you guys for making this possible, because we wouldn't be doing this Magic Kaido podcast if it wasn't for your support, but... Now we get to do it, and uh, I'm really looking forward to continuing on. I'm excited to go through all 12 of these specials, and we have one for next month. It's going to be... I need to look it up. I didn't get this prepared. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what about the agenda?
0: The uh, special next week is called Kaito Kid's Busy Date.
1: Ooh! So
0: that's pretty exciting. Maybe he will go on a date with you, Colleen, and you just didn't know.
1: I'm so excited. I hope you... I hope he picks me up at a reasonable hour.
0: So this is pretty exciting. Uh, Without like going in the big spoilers or anything, he goes to Tropical Land, which is where Shinichi and Ron went. Oh,
1: I love that! I love that.
0: So their worlds are converging. Yeah, so I'm really excited for that. Hopefully, he'll get shrunk too, and we'll have like little tiny, (gasps) (laughs) little tiny
1: baby kid. I mean, his name is Kid, so it makes sense.
0: Anyways... He'd look just like... Okay, here's the thing. You just have to take, like, the glasses off Conan, and you're like, oh, that's what he'd look like. Well,
1: in his hair. Because they
0: look identical.
1: You have to change his hair. Because Conan and Shinichi have, like, that little sticking out thing at the end of their heads. And then, yeah. Well, well, I'll let you know how tropical land is when I go on my date with Kaito Kid.
0: Yeah, so uh, we'll have that next time. It's interesting how much time was between these... Because these were specials, it wasn't like a regular show. It took over a year for the second special to come out.
1: Oh, so they're probably on the same schedule as we are.
0: <laughs> Pretty much.
1: That uh, ridiculous. I, as a uh, Detective Conan like Magic Kaido fan in twenty ten, I probably would be a little miffed at that.
0: <laughs> yeah, so it took quite a while, but that, thankfully, see that doesn't that make our. Once a month seemed, like, very quick in comparison. It
1: does. We're <laughs> yeah. We're on the fast track now.
0: Yeah, so we're going quick through these. But uh, thank you, everybody, for supporting the Patreon. It makes the show possible. Uh, it allowed us to buy UNO cards that we'll be covering soon.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm sure everyone's waiting for that coverage.
0: <laughs> well, how else will they know what characters will be on the UNO cards, despite it being on the website? But, sure. <laughs> Big Uno talking points. We'll get into our favorite household rules. You can be sure of it. Uno excitement calling.
1: As long as Kato Kid's on one of the cards, then we're good.
0: Uh, We won't know until we cover it on the show. Oh my gosh. Uno content. Hold your breath. You won't know. This is the
1: episode you've been waiting for. For years.
0: We'll see you guys next week. Bye.
1: Bye. Thanks for listening. And remember, one truth always prevails.